0: Hello, everybody. E bloody candy here. You guys are probably wondering why I sound so silky smooth right now. Well, we—I ha- was having some microphone problems, and we have now resolved said microphone problems.
1: So, apologies for the weird echoing in this episode. And on with the show. On this episode of This Is Game Boy, we get a stone as a gurgle. It's pronounced gargoyle, mo. What? What?
0: It is gargoyle, not gurgle um
1: gargoyle. gar Gar? Goy. gar, gargoyle, gargoyle, okay, okay, I got it, okay, I'll try this again on this episode of this is Game Boy, we get a stoned as googi captain.
0: Welcome everybody to episode three of This Is Game Boy podcast. I am E Bloody Candy with my very awesome host Mo. How's it going, Mo? Hello. I'm half asleep. Yeah, I'm suffering heavily from allergies right now, so this is going to be a
1: great episode for you all. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of sniffling, a lot of coughing, a lot of me zoning out and not saying anything for uh, for a few minutes. So. Great stuff. (laughs) So, what have you been up to, bro? Um, Well, I have been uh, going back to my Game Boy System challenge. Um, People have been following me for that. They know that I had beaten 100 games, well, 99 games uh, when I started. But for some reason, uh, mostly because I'm an idiot, I did not record any of them uh, or highlighted any of them. Um, So, I'm going back through all of those, try to get... uh, highlight of them down. I'm almost through, I think I'm at uh, 15 games left. Not including Boxel, which I kind of do not want to redo because that's just a horrible, horrible long game for me at least. Um, But yeah, I've been doing mostly that. Um, We did start researching newer games for uh, the next Tiny 10. That's Tiny 10 8. Um, I think we got half of the list down so far, so that's pretty good. And besides that, I've been trying to play more uh, Octopath, but it's getting boring for me, sadly. Um, I can relate. Yeah, I'm having fun with ato uh, and That's a really great action RPG for Switch. And I also bought Hello Neighbor, which might have been a mistake, because... Um, that game is very, very poorly programmed, but it, uh, <laughs> it is very fun to see what kind of shenanigans uh, happen just because the game is so badly programmed. So yeah, that's, been, that's what I've been doing for my afraid train streams where I uh, play through spoopy games. But yeah, the, the story of Hello Neighbor is interesting, but the game itself is like a complete mess and I would not recommend people buying it at least at full price um is that hello is that hello neighbor game
0: like the game where like you start off in a house and you
1: like go into your neighbor's
0: house and if you get caught it's supposed to like scare you yeah like yeah that?
1: that's exactly yeah it's, uh, yeah it's, i've watched a few of those games yeah it's 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 like the premise is cool. cool yeah but it's it yeah. plays horribly <coughs> um it's made in unity which is always a gamble um most games i've played that are made in unity do not work properly <laughs> but this one is absolutely horrible when it comes to gameplay um uh, one of the steam reviews i got the ps4 version doesn't really matter but one of the steam review re- reviews just read wow the alpha version worked better than this one you know, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> very weird to hear but yeah that's uh that's pretty much what i've been doing so what have you been up to
0: um <clears throat> finished a midwest beat fest what a week or two ago now last weekend i believe Two weekends ago. Uh ran Kirby Street by Next Remote there as the opening day for Saturday. Uh that was cool. It was a cool little convention. Um Midwest Beat Fest was just a very, very small part of the whole con. Um it was it was kind of focused around fighting games, the entire the entire con was. So like next door there was like Smash Brothers and there's Street Fighter and things like that things of that nature so you could hear people screaming through the walls and stuff um and obviously there was cosplay in there and it was it was weird and it was it was an experience for sure um i would i would go back again uh assuming i get another game into midwest speed fest but uh yeah it was it was an experience uh if you're around the the midwest area of the united states definitely check it out it's, it's kind of cool um other than that, I got two games into bad, Big Pad game a
1: <laughs> Right.
0: I got Cliffhanger for the Game Boy in. Oh, boy, that's, um, that's a bad one for sure. Yeah, and I got Sailor Moon
1: in for the Game Boy. Oh, that's not a bad one, though. I mean, yeah. it's not really a game either, but...
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so I have to get ready for those. That's like in a month, I think. So the only game I'm nervous about about that is Cliffhanger because of the cave boss um, being just absolutely impossible in that version. Um, outside of that, trying to trudge through Octopath, I ran into a very similar issue to you, where I just got to the point where like it's just such a heavy grind right now, where I just I kind of don't want to play it exactly um Race or Friday, I picked up uh, We Happy Few, which is a horror game. So we've been playing through that, and then the WoW expansion comes out Monday night for us here. So I'm pretty busy in terms of like a whole lot of stuff. So trying to get back to Game Boy, trying to keep a regular schedule on stream, trying to have a life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm usually not home during the weekend. Like normally, we record on Saturday, a little behind the scenes stuff but again yesterday i was gone all day so we had to yeah. do it on sunday yeah it's it's been pretty uh yeah <laughs> my schedule has been filled out a lot lately uh normally it goes better once uh once the summer is over so that makes it easier for us to record uh but yeah for now I'm, I'm super busy for sure
0: yeah summers are usually busy for me especially this year i've i've been in like Five or six marathons mm-hmm. this year already, and it's just like I I I I said I was gonna be done after Midwest Beat Fest because I didn't expect to get any games into Big Bad Gameathon, and then I got two games into Big Bad game Gameathon, so I'm like, well, I guess I have one more marathon to do now. So yeah,
1: and, uh, Barbie Game Girl got in as well. I've read. Uh, yeah, any... Barbie Game Girl got in. Uh, are there any other uh, Game Boy games already, or
0: or? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think John is racing somebody in part of the Game Girl. Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's always fun to see. <laughs> that's also one of those <laughs> games that's not really a game. Maybe they should have you race and just you break the game again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sadly, I don't know how to break the game, but <laughs> it could happen for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright, everyone. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about Gargoyle's Quest Two, not Gurgle's Quest, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about the in- we we'll talk about the ins and outs and the plot of the game. Be right back. <laughs>
1: Let's dive into this week's game or this episode's game because this is bi-weekly. Um but this game is Makomura Gaiden, the Demon Darkness, or as most people know it actually as a Gargoyle's quest for NES, but this also got a release on Game Boy actually, um something that a lot of people actually do not know mostly because it was only released in japan and um, it would have had a a u.s release or a european release for some reason it got cancelled from what i've heard Um, the NES version actually sold very poorly um definitely compared to like the first game on that it was on Game Boy, uh, normal Gargoyle's Quest. Um, and probably due to poor sales of the NES version, they decided just to not release it in the US or in the in Europe anymore. Then again, this is a Capcom game. Capcom is really weird when it comes to releasing games. Um, if you have been following stuff like all the Mega Man games that came out recently, all the collections and stuff like that. Um, they only release physical copies in the US. There's none in Europe. Um, it's driving me completely insane because I love Mega Man and I just love to have physical copies. But for some reason, they're just denying it because they think it's not popular in uh, in Europe at all for some reason. Uh, but yeah, that's Capcom. They, they really do some weird stuff in the background when it comes to that. Yeah, I'm actually surprised Capcom
0: hasn't released a uh, collection for... Uh for Ghosts and Goblins, because, I mean, Firebrand, who is the the main character of Gargoyle's Quest, is also in Ghosts and Goblins as well. And it's not like Ghosts and Goblins was a small one-hit wonder for Capcom. I mean, it started off as an arcade cabinet, that ported to the NES, and Super NES, and Genesis, and... We had to spin off a of Gargoyles quest for NES Famicom and Game Boy. Like it wasn't just a, a small one-hit wonder. Like this was a huge series from Capcom.
1: Yeah the latest that they actually did with uh with the series in its so all not not just uh Gargoyles quest but also like ghost and Goblins was to release the version on PSP. I think that's considered to be the third game in the series. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but uh, yeah, goals and goblins, ghosts and goblins, gargoyles quest—they have been long forgotten ever since. Actually, the final um gargoyles quest game, uh demon quest on Super Nintendo, and for me, it's a series I would love to see back again. Um, just kind of hoping they maybe put Firebrand and Smash or something to, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, liven it up again, make people interested in it again i mean they're bringing back that ba- i mean rares bringing back battle toads like mm-hmm. capcom can bring a
0: ghost and goblins
1: yeah like like i find uh gargoyle's quest to be the better of the two series that well this this is a spin-off series of course of goals and goblins um but yeah i would love to see more games like that again i don't know how they would like actually do it uh go back to 2d platforming like they did with these games or maybe even make a 3d game in the style of maximo um people remember those two games, which was kind of a spiritual successor to uh, the Ghost and Goblins series, which I also loved. They were really great games. Yeah, I've never
0: played any of those games at all. I never played uh, Gargoyles Quest 2 up until within the last week or so for this episode. And I didn't have a chance to stream it at all just because of how busy I've been. So I, pl- I played it on my old-school Game Boy because that's all I had available to me. And... It was, it was interesting because I, I have played the NES version before. All right. Um. So I I kind of knew what I was getting into with the Game Boy version. <clears throat> the one thing I the one thing I had an issue with, and I, I watched you play this on stream.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Was that w- watching you play it on stream? It looked more crisp, and you kind of knew where you were going. Mm-hmm. Versus when I played it on my Game Boy, I had I you could I couldn't see anything. Almost at all. Like, it was very dark on the Game ah, Boy. Yeah, all right, all um, so right. So, depending on how you're playing the game, you're going to perceive the game very differently. Like, me watching Mo stream this game, I'm like, oh, this game looks very, very similar to the NES version. And then I played it on my actual Game Boy, and I'm like, oh, this is
1: actually really
0: hard to see on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I never actually played the games on, on an actual Game Boy, so... Um, yeah, I can definitely see that, but it is basically completely the same game as the NES version. Um, it's It has the same levels, it has the same uh, uh, setup, it has the same story, it has all the same areas. Um, but for this version, they actually did include two brand new um, well, dungeons, I guess you call it, um, where you can find some pickups that are not in the NES version. Um, One of them provides you actually with a homing shot, which helps a lot for normal enemies, for bosses not so much, but uh, it is pretty uh, useful. And the other one is like uh, an astral body projection which basically just makes you able to see part of the stage um, when you like float around as your, your astral form. Um, it does not serve any other purpose because you just return to your body, of course, once you used it. Uh, but it does kind of help to see more of the stage um, because, of course, you're playing on a Game Boy uh, screen, which is smaller so you don't have uh, the exact same overview as the NES version. Um, But what I did find, I played both versions um, back-to-back just for research purposes. And I kind of found that even with a bigger screen on the NES, they still pretty much hide um, a lot of the places you have to go, which uh, results in you having to make leaps of fate. So I think it's just uh, something that is... um, set for the game itself and not so much for which version you're playing on they just want you to uh, jump uh, and hopefully reach something you can stand on
0: (laughs) yeah that was one thing i was actually
1: very surprised with
0: was seeing or see or play having played both versions now seeing that the overworld map and the actual like stage map like the dungeons and and the platforming sections <clears throat> they stayed very true to like the size for the screen. Like the NES sprites were perfect size for the NES. And like the Game Boy sprites, in my opinion, were very good size for the size of the screen that the mm, Game Boy had. Yeah. Um so it wasn't like it wasn't the old the old curse of oh, we ported this game from the NES, these sprites are gonna be three times bigger than they should be, and you're not gonna be able to see where you're going in the game itself. Um it was actually proportioned very well for the Game Boy. It was just, uh, for me, it was just really hard to see things just because of the green on green on black action that I had to play (laughs) with. But uh, I will say the homing shot was probably one of my favorite weapons in the game just to get through the dungeons easier. Uh, I used Astral Body a couple of times. Again, I had a hard time seeing it, but it was kind of nice to see like what you were about to go up against. You know, like you get to a section of a dungeon you've never been in. You see a bunch of spikes or, you know, plant things. You're just like, well, I don't know what's about to come up. So you go to Astral Form and kind of see, like, how you kind of plan ahead and how you're going to maneuver through everything. You kind of plan your weapons ahead and whatnot too. So um, I thought that that skill was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I've pl- I just played the game so many times that I never actually used it because I'm so used to how the levels work and how they look. Um, so for me, it was pretty useless, but definitely for newer players, that uh, that is something that can help you out a lot with the game. Not that it is hard or anything. Um, I think it provides you with a great, uh, great difficulty, actually. Um, I even think the Game Boy version might be a little bit easier than the NES version. Uh, I'm not sure why, because definitely not because of the homing shot and the astral body, but something felt harder... For me on the NES version, even though I also like uh, can uh, play through it in 45 minutes or something. It was all those colors, man. You're not used to it. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like the one thing I can attest to is with the Leap of Face on the Game Boy. Before you get the like the Astral Shots thing, the Leap of Face, like, they're they're there and they're terrifying. But if you understand, if you've played like, the first Gargoyles Quest... You kind of understand how to take those leap of faiths already, so you know to like just take the jump and don't flutter your wings right away if you have limited power. Just jump and see where you're going to end up, and like if you're going to land in a safe place, then just land. But if you're going to land in like lava or spikes or just something bizarre, then use your wings to like try and fly over it. Um, it is a little scary. It requires some some reaction time, but you know pre astral shot. Yeah, that's what you kind of had to do. Is this you take this jump here and you, you kind of hope for the best versus once you get the astral shot, you can kind of see where these jumps are going to happen. You can kind of be like, okay, I need to save my wing power for this, or I can just jump off of this, you know, certain area of the platform and land here type deal. Just understanding how the momentum works in the game. Uh, but for me, I found the game Boy version harder just because I couldn't see. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, makes, makes a lot of sense, of course. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I personally found the Game Boy version harder just because I couldn't see most of what I was doing, especially when I got into uh what's the, the 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 dungeon with the, the, the mirrors, I think it was, or crystals or
1: yeah,
0: whatever. One one of the one of the final dungeons of the of the actual game. And I was just like, I d I can't see much, everything looks the same. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. We just kinda like just trudge through it. Um but yeah, I but there, the the similarities between the NES and the Game Boy version is just like it's almost a one to one. It's almost a one to one comparison to the game, with the exception of like what Mo was saying the uh, two extra the two extra powers not in the NES version at all.
1: Yeah, and the the extra dungeons they're not like, um, um if I remember correctly, at least they're not like super uh intricate or anything i think one is really just a puzzle you have to solve like you have to step on a switch and then it opens up the next part of the pad but um they're interesting but they weren't super needed but it's fun that's for if you want to play the game Boy version that there's a little bit more to do at least than in the nes version because usually it's the other way around where uh, they have to uh, get rid of stuff for a Game Boy version because it just won't fit on the card or anything so uh, very
0: yeah, fun. it's a cool little addition for sure. Like it, the the shots are nice and they're helpful for for going through the stages, but they're not needed by any means. Like if you missed them in your playthrough, like it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah, and um, I think the dungeons in this game are also easier to figure out than the dungeons in the uh, the first game, actually. Um, I think those are way more intricate than these ones. These ones are pretty much straightforward. Sometimes there's a split pad, but uh, nothing really makes you go into a dead end, um, which happens a lot during the first one. Um, this one always really takes you where you need to go, basically, so I, I think they cleaned up their act from the first game uh, a little bit. Um, also something you have to keep in mind, in the first game when you went to the overworld, there were random encounters uh, that oh, just put awful. you into a fight against like a random enemy, sometimes even a boss um, that you previously defeated. Um, they are completely gone in this one, uh, which makes it a lot easier to actually um, figure out where to go on the overworld map without having to worry uh, for getting stopped every few steps. So that's that's also a very good uh, thing they got rid of for uh, the second game.
0: Yeah, the <clears throat> play Gargoyles Quest One. <clears throat> excuse me for uh, Tiny Ten. Five, I think it was five or six. Um, I was like, "Oh, this game is kind of it's kind of cool." Like, I I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed the Ghost and Goblins series. I I knew I'd like Gargoyles Quest One, and then going in through it, you know, going through that first platforming stage and finding that that first boss, I was like, "All oh, right, this is cool." And then I get to the overworld, I take three steps, I go right into a random encounter, and I'm like. But there's two zombies right over there. Why am I going into a random encounter? So with Gargoyles Quest one, not only do you have like the set sprites in the map that you have to fight to like open up a path yeah. or like to get through a certain area, you also have these random encounters, and they are ju- and they're exactly what we say. Like they're random. Like it could be every three steps, every 20 steps. Like it is awful. <laughs> Um, talking to Roguelink about the speed run, he's like, Yeah, I'm never going back to that game again because of the random <laughs> encounters. Um, so coming to Gargoyles Quest 2, I was ex- I was actually expecting the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm expecting some sprites up on the overworld map. I'm expecting to go into a random encounter every 15 steps. Like, this is gonna be the longest playthrough of Gargoyles <laughs> Quest a person has ever done. And to my surprise, like I got like halfway through the game, and I'm like I don't think I've gotten a random encounter. I'm like I'm either really lucky or this game just doesn't have them. <laughs> so I did some research like while playing the game, and I realized I'm like, oh, this game doesn't have any random encounters. I'm like, this is fantastic.
1: It sure um, is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I definitely would say Gargoyles Quest Two is is easier than Gargoyles Quest One for sure. Um, I found the dungeons, even though I couldn't see much. I found the dungeons in in Gargoyles Quest Two. Much, much easier than a Gargoyles Quest 1. Just because in Gargoyles Quest 1, if you took a wrong path, like it was either you took the very hard path or you took an easy path. If you've never played the game, typically you take the hard path on accident mm-hmm. and just get destroyed.
1: So Yeah, and there um, there was also an enemy in the first one, um, which kinda makes a return in this one as a mini boss. Um, but that's like a horrible enemy that touches you once and you're dead at the start of the game, at least, when you, you're not uh, fully equipped yet. Um, and in the final dungeon, you have to fight like three of them right before the the door to the end of the stage. And it's just uh, really hard to, to get through those guys. And luckily, this game doesn't have anything like that, really.
0: Yeah... Thank, thank God for that. That was the hardest part of Gargoyle's Quest One. I think was just some of the bosses. Like you, you could be end game with like you, with your powered up weapons, and like you'd get to some of those enemies, and like they just wouldn't die. It's like, oh, okay, so you gotta take twenty twenty shots to to kill. Gotcha. Even though we're end of the game right now. All right. So, yeah, thankfully Gargoyle's Quest didn't have anything. Malicious like that in, in throughout the game, but the, the one issue I the one big issue I did have with it was the lag. Like, there was a lot of lag in this game,
1: there sure is. But, um, well, I played both of them back to back, like I said earlier the NES version and the Game Boy version. And surprisingly, also, the NES version suffers from that a lot. Um, like, it's not that the Game Boy one is more laggy or anything, it might be in some points, of course, because well, it is a Game Boy. But um it's it's very weird to see that it's just a part of the game in its whole. Uh part of the series maybe. Do not remember how uh, the Super Nintendo game played. It's been too long. Uh but yeah, it, it feels like it's part of the game, really, on whichever system you play it on. Yeah, like I
0: like I remember the NES thing. I remember the NES playthrough fairly well, because I did that within like the last year. Um and I remember making I remember there being a lot of lag if you were flying and shooting at the same time because of all the sprite animations happening. Um and it, it just it would it that, that lag I obviously poured over to the Game Boy just because the Game Boy can only process so much in time and if it was lagging on the NES, chances are it's going to lag on the Game Boy as well. Um like it it wasn't to the point where like it was so laggy like it like stopped or like this went down to like five frames a second you could it was unplayable similar to like how, how Max was, which was our previous yeah. episode. But it it you it was definitely noticeable. Like if you be if you be flying and shooting also you can tell that the game is, is struggling to keep up a little bit and it's like, okay, well, just not do this as much anymore to try and get through the game as smooth as possible. Um but I know, and I and going off to this now. Speaking of dungeons, is I know that you were trying to find because if you looked at if you if for those of you who have ever played the game, at the bottom of the screen is your is your health meter, and it stops at seven hearts. And Mo asked if if anyone knew if there was an eighth heart container. And after I beat the game, I went through and just tried to like run through everything that I that I could think of that I never touched or like any of like the little like side areas of a dungeon I didn't explore at all I could not find a thing for an 8th heart container at all.
1: Yeah me neither. I like literally went out of my way to talk to every single person in the game. Um, I um, looked up some maps of the actual levels to see if there was an area that I was just not uh, ever going to. Uh, there were but there was nothing in there uh, except for like an extra live or something like that. Uh, but it's it's really weird that um, you only have seven hearts because you can definitely see there is room for an eight heart. Maybe they just forgot to put it in there, um, it, it, it's just so strange. I even looked up Nintendo Power, um, the issue of that, but it only goes to the Mirror Palace so I can't even see a complete walkthrough of it. But as far as I know, as far as everybody knows that I talk to, there is just not an 8-heart container. Um, maybe somebody dive into uh, like <laughs> the coding of the game or something and see if there actually is one, um, would be really cu- cool to know. If if there uh definitely is one or not. Not that you need it, but it's just weird that there's seven and not eight.
0: Yeah, it's just a like, it leaves this weird white space after the seventh heart on your on your health bar. You're just like, this probably is supposed to be an eighth heart there, but we just can't find the eighth heart anywhere if if it even is in the game. And that's kind of a fun fun thing about like older games as well, is that like some people that dive into the code will find uh Unused sprites, unused music, like this unused levels from the game itself. Uh, it, it's it's really interesting to see like we they the, the programmers put this stuff onto the cartridge, and it just didn't end up making the final cut. But yet it's still there if a person were to ever dump it and dig through the code itself. So yeah, who knows? Maybe there isn't an, an actual eighth heart container that was supposed to be in the game, but it just never got. Programmed into the final cut of the actual game itself.
1: Maybe someday we'll get confirmation
0: that there is one or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the nice thing about this game is that there was a, a fan translation for it. So um, I know if I had to play it because I, I actually own I actually own the Gargoyles Quest Two cartridge. Like I have it here in my hand right now for when we talked about the box art. Um, if I, I I actually tried to play it. In Japanese first, just to see. Like, I wonder if I could actually do it on the actual original cartridge itself. And uh, I, I don't think I made it to the first dungeon actually at all. And I was like, okay, well, time to get the fan tra- the fan translation out and <laughs> play it, play it in the language I know. So um, it was. It's, so you can kind of see from there, like how much, how many people, like the people that love this series, like will go out of their way and like make you know make enhancements to these games. Like, Gargoyle's Quest 2 for Game Boy only came out in Japan. Someone liked the game so much that they took the time to translate it to English and, you know, basically distribute it out for all of us to play. Um, Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to play this game from start to finish at all. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of games that that are similar to that, uh, what we call call it, we call it it Froggy Game. Froggy Game has a fan translation, and that game is phenomenal, you know. This is a lot of games. Well, not a lot. There's a a decent amount of games that have that fan base behind it, and it's always always awesome to see. And I know some companies don't encourage it, um, but it's it's awesome to be able to play really good Game Boy games or really good games in general um, that we wouldn't be able to play before. So,
1: yeah, with the recent development from Nintendo actually taking down all ROM sites. <laughs> This might, uh, prove to be a lot harder in the future, even yeah. though this is the internet. So you can always find everything on the internet, um, if you just, just look, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's sad that they're like really getting rid of, of stuff like this. Um, which is understandable, uh, from a legal perspective for sure. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just part of gaming, um it never really deprecated sales of games or anything like that uh there has been studies about like piracy uh they ever they never actually <laughs> put a downward spiral on sales for anything not cd's not movies not uh, not games so it should not get uh, get banned at all just for preservation not the market uh, in a way. <laughs> Yeah but yeah of course it's it's not legal uh, we all yeah like i i i get
0: it at a legality but at the same time as a fan of old retro games it, it sucks so like I, I i get both sides of of the whole thing but yeah um i guess something we we lightly touched on before we started digging into the actual game boy game was uh like mo mentioned earlier this game was released in uh 1993, April of 93, uh, which uh, it was almost a year after Gargoyle's Quest 1 was released, I believe. I think G- GQ1 was released in 92.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And, it, and the game was cancelled in the US. Um, obviously, Capcom was the publisher and Sun L is the developer. But the music in the game, I'm going to butcher this name because I'm very bad with Japanese <laughs> names. But, um,
1: yuki yuki E.Y. is that it i would yuki guess Iwai? so yeah Yuki yuki or EY, but that doesn't make sense i guess yeah uh, like i said
0: i'm really bad with japanese names and i apologize to anyone that is cringing right now at my enunciation <laughs> of the name but uh the music of the game i found to be it was actually it was good like well i'm not at you know it was good um it was what you would expect from a Capcom game, and it was very reminiscent of Gargoyle's Quest 1.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I actually enjoyed the
0: music quite a bit.
1: Yeah, like the music from the first game was actually composed by a different person. Um, I don't have the name with me right now, um, but uh, Yuki Iwai did uh, the music for the second game only. And I think maybe even only the Game Boy version, if I read it correctly. Which is weird, because the NES has the same music. So maybe it just uh, got yeah, discredited again, or I don't know. It's, it's always weird uh, with old games to actually find out who the composers are. <laughs> so I was very happy that I could find this name, at least. So.
0: Yeah. Um, the music in the game, I don't... For me, like for me, music and video games. It's if it doesn't really grab my attention off the get go, I forget it very quickly. So think of games like when you're growing up, or you played recently. Like, um, you have Castlevania. Like everyone knows Bloody Tears, or you know the fighting against Dracula. Like people know music from Castlevania. It's very very memorable. Mega Man, Mario, Zelda. But then you have games. That may not be as memorable, like Rubble Saber 2 or <laughs> Rubble Saber 1. Uh, not bad music, but it just doesn't stand out from, you know, everything that you've memorized. Um, even if you want to go, in my opinion, newer games, like you have Halo. Like, most people know the intro to, to Halo. People hum, you can hum
1: it. I don't.
0: I really um, don't. Really? I do. I was a big halo fan before three came out. Um, and then you have final fantasy. Like most people, most people may not be able to like verbatim make the melody with their voice, but they can, they understand the concept of the melody and can somewhat coherently make like an an, an intro melody for, for final fantasy, just because final fantasy's intros are typically very similar to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Ghost and Goblins series as a whole, to me, the music never really like stood out to me. Like it has good music, but it's not music that I would walk around and hum because it just it doesn't stick out to me.
1: Yeah, so. like um, a lot of these songs, I cannot remember them uh, by heart. Um, but the moment I do start one of these games and I hear the the first notes of a team, um, I immediately know the song completely. But um, yeah. unlike um, a lot of songs that you can definitely listen to in the background on repeat, like some Mega Man games or stuff like that, um, songs that are really fun to just hum along and stuff like that. Um the especially Gargoyle's quest, all the songs are pretty gritty and and like um yeah um like I don't know. They 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 fit the game very well, but outside of the game, um they're not really good songs to uh to just listen to. Um you really have to be in the mood that you're actually playing the game. You're in a weird monster world trying to uh Kill all the evil that is coming after you and stuff like that, and then it fits. Um but besides that it's 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 not really Well, it is good, but it's just not normal listening good, I guess.
0: Yeah. Like the, like the like what I would say, the music is very fitting for the game. Like the 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 bit of the eeriness, the bit of the the grunge and graininess of the music fits very well for what Firebrand is going through, like these dungeons, the overworld, you know, the various worlds that he's going through. It it fits well, but it's just one of the it's just songs that you wouldn't hop in your car and hum. It's y you in same 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 boat for me. Like I couldn't start the song humming unless I heard it, mm-hmm. and once I hear it, then I can kind of just hum the entire entire tune until finish um but i don't know like the the, like i said the music's not bad it's just it's not memorable enough to like hum on your own if you're someone that plays the games a lot and really really loves the series maybe for you you can just bust out one of the tunes no problem but
1: for me in a way I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Definitely not. And I really love the songs when I'm playing the game, so it's it's kind of weird.
0: This is really weird to me, because I'm looking
1: at the box art right now, and
0: I'm looking at my game cartridge right now. Yeah. The box art and the game cartridge are nothing alike. <laughs> okay. Um. So, Mo and, I are, Mo and I have access to the box art right now. I don't...
1: Mo, you don't own a cart to this, right? I don't believe so, no. Maybe I can actually... Uh, let me just see if GameFAQs has a, a picture of of the thingy. Well, I have, my, I have my cart right here in my hand.
0: So looking at my cartridge right now, the background is white with assuming it looks like red fire or red lava spewing in the background, and mind you, this is not detailed red. Like this is just like your natural orange red <coughs> streaks going up. <coughs> Excuse me, and then you have a silhouette of Firebrand, which is a which is you know the the gargoyle, um, and his his wings are out, and then inside of the silhouette, it I'm assuming it says Gargoyle's Quest Two or or something of the nature. It's in Japanese, um starting with blue blue text and yellow text and firebrand is smiling and then underneath it says um the demon darkness yeah so like on the box art it has that same silhouette with the words in the demon darkness on it on the box art but they pretty much just cut that out and put it onto the cartridge without anything else in the background like it is one of the most simplest backgrounds i have seen on a, on a japanese cartridge but the box art is really, really busy. Like the box art has <laughs> yeah. all of these, all of these enemies on it, and all of these like bosses. Like it is just like it is literally an anime poster. That's what the box art looks like.
1: It really is. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna look up the NES. Oh yeah, there it is. Well, I I yeah. see. It's right.
0: Depending on which one the NES is, like the NES English version, I guess. Is pretty dumb looking. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> derpy. Pretty dumpy. Pretty dumpy looking. The Japanese one's nice.
1: Yeah, it's a little less crowded than the than the Game Boy version for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it, it's still it it actually the pickets the same thing that is on the Game Boy uh, cover, but uh, it's just a little less crowded, I guess.
0: It's a bigger canvas to work yeah. with. Like I feel like because I looked at the NES one, the NES one before we started recording and it looks like they literally just took the NES cover and just, like, crushed it into
1: this Game Boy yeah, cover. So definitely. I do really like the Game Boy uh, cover art, though. I think it's really cool. I'm looking at the cart, which is yeah, pretty bland, actually, just the logo.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, looking at the cover, like the, the cover is probably one of the better ones that we've looked at so far on this podcast. Yeah. So it Actually, it's the best one that we've looked at on the podcast. Let's just be fair on that. Um but, yeah, like, you have Firebrand. Wait, okay, so, like, the first thing that stands out to me that's weird is they have Firebrand in the middle. Right. Like, kicking kicking Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> the gold version of Sonic the Hedgehog. And it looks like he's about to get grabbed by this pink worm thing. But, like, right below Firebrand is the silhouette of Firebrand. <laughs> yeah. So you have like two firebrands like right on top of each other almost right right away the right away in the center of the box art. Um, that's the like the one thing that's that stands out to me that's weird. Like you can probably have gotten away with your title sequence on the on the box without having the silhouette of firebrand in front of the real firebrand.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, they just really wanted to use the logo, I guess, <laughs> and then it's weird that you <laughs> you see two firebrands there. Um, but it it might also loosely be tied to the actual plot of the game, of course. Um, like, if, if anybody has played Gargoyles Quest 1 or 2, um, it's all about this legend that there's, like, a red gargoyle um, instead of a green one, um, which they... Totally screwed up, of course, for the (laughs) box art for the first game on Game Boy. Um, They made him green. It's kind of like Kirby, where they made him white instead of pink. White, Um, But yeah, (laughs) you're supposed to be a red gargoyle, uh, which pretty much is a legendary hero that will save the entire world. uh, And it slowly becomes clear that, well, you are that guy so um so maybe it's the shadow maybe is just from the legend and they don't know who he is and and like the actual firebrand in the background is just just there of course because he's the the protagonist of the game i don't know (laughs) but i mean above firebrand you have this this
0: evildoer
1: yeah that's pretty
0: two evil yeah two evildoers they're kind of like hovering over him with like their claws and mouths open like ready to attack while he's drop kicking a few few enemies in the front there um it's kind it's a it's a really interesting cover like i said like imagine imagine an an anime poster or like an anime dvd cover vhs cover whatever and you pretty much have the box art for gargoyle's quest
1: too pretty much yeah definitely they do like like uh, stuff like that in Japan, of course. so yeah. that's normal. Uh, what I do find uh, to be a little bit stupid uh, for this cover is that that weird sun thing in the uh, in the upper left with the CGB 8 I have no idea what it means, but it's kind of weird that it's there and it covers up a part. of Japanese
0: it. games love doing that. Like I'm, let me just grab this. So I grabbed my copy of Froggy Game yeah. that I have in the box. And the Fry Game doesn't have it, but it has it has numbers and stuff on it, very similar to that as well. And the cartridge has that stupid little something on the corner as well. I don't know if this is just like a Japanese thing. we we'll have to do some more research on that. But that, that appears a lot on Japanese Game Boy games, and I don't understand why. I don't know if it's like... Like a like a like a,
1: a series thing, like this was the eighth game released that year or something like mm-hmm. that. But um, a lot of Japanese games have it. Yeah, or like an ESRB rating or something from Japan. I don't know what it is, but it it always covers up a lot of <laughs> what's supposed yeah, it, to be on. Yeah, it there.
0: covers up like a nice chunk of the actual box art. It's it's kind of obnoxious and it's kind of interesting at the same time because like PAL and US games don't have that kind of mark like you can see the entire box art basically unless someone decides to just put something over it Mm -hmm. but for japan they purposely like have this thing in the box like on the on the label on the box and everywhere it's 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 interesting it's it's a little weird but it's interesting at the same time
1: yeah they did have bigger well bigger i guess they're not bigger boxes than the than the european or, or u.s no, they're smaller. Um, yeah, they're like they're lengthier, at least. <laughs> no, they're
0: the same size. Really? Wait. Yeah, I'm know.
1: holding. I'm holding a Game
0: Boy for me. In a way, I have Froggy Game complete in box, and I have and I have Monopoly complete in box right here, right next to me, and putting them side and putting them one front of the other. Froggy Game is the same height as the U.S. Monopoly box. Mm-hmm. However, the U.S. monopoly box—you know how the spine says Game Boy, yeah—like the big Game Boy, that has that that goes past the fronky Game Box. So that's how much more box that the U.S. has yeah. compared to the Japanese.
1: Yeah, but they still yeah, just, I, <laughs> they still just wasted I, it on on just saying Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and. The the longer boxes I have, I do have longer boxes of Game Boy games, but they're for Game Boy Color, oh, so I don't know yeah. if Game Boy Maybe Color I'm box packaging changed for, for old Game Boy yeah. or not. Yeah, weird. Weird weird stuff.
1: Yeah, we always go on a bender with these cover things. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. We keep going about the cover for some reason. Uh, it'll well, they're,
0: all, they're they're always cool because, like, depending on the region, they're going to change because different artists get involved. Uh, depending on the region, like, the art is obviously going to be styled towards the actual people that are going to buy this game. Like, if I was in Japan and loved anime, like, see this cover art, I would have adored it. But yeah. if I saw this cover art in America in 1993, I would have been like, what the hell is this? I'm not going to buy this. You know, like there's just things like that. Just like the what the what Americans, Europeans, and J- and the Japanese want. You know, all three of us want different things. Just unfortunately, Europeans and the U.S. have to usually cater to the same box art. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like the differences. Like in this game, like the box art is just so different than the actual cartridge. Like typically, the cartridge label is the same as the box art cover, but in this case, like the cartridge is. Just it's very very different than the actual box art itself.
1: Yeah, well, like in Japan, a lot of the cards actually uh, do differ a lot from the cover art. They usually go for something very simplistic on the actual card, which makes it really hard to recognize some games. Because like I'm a collector, and sometimes I get a box full of Japanese Game Boy games, and then I have to look it up by just typing in the the DMG code and stuff like that because I cannot figure out for uh, for the love of me, what the actual game is by just looking at the cover um and there's a lot of good games that sadly suffer from from a very bad cover art, um at least on the card itself when it comes to Japanese games yeah, like
0: I got a lot of Japanese games a few months ago. And I reckon the only reason I recognized one out of like the twelve that I got was because I knew who Sailor Moon was. <laughs> that was the only reason I knew what that game was. I was like, "Oh, that's Sailor Moon! I know who that is." But the others, I had to look up by DMG code. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, maybe the the last thing to say about uh, the cover art. Um, this game did get an Asian release. I think AS is Asian, right? Um, And they kind of have the same uh, style as the European and the American box arts. Um, So this one um, actually has a more Western looking, um, like, yeah, like it's the same cover art basically as the Japanese one, but more Western style. Um, like more cartoon, Western cartoony. I mean, but for some reason, and I I do not understand the artist uh, in in this regard. Um, they actually had more room to place all those enemies on the screen and have a good place for that uh, that actual logo. And for some reason, uh, most of the bottom part of the box is just like green. Background. Um and <laughs> and they they uh, put the actual logo over the top of Bragar in the background. So it, it they oh, they right. had they had such a good way to just lower it a little bit and get rid of that green so you could see all characters <laughs> and the logo like not over any characters and they still screwed it up. I don't know how they did that. I am proud of
0: old school artists. They did such a good job. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's it's amazing. But yeah, if uh, if you're interested in the box car uh cover art, definitely look it up on GameFAQs. They have both of those at least. Um they don't have a card, however.
0: So yeah, I guess going into the plot of the game now after that it on the box art. <laughs> oh, Dive into a bit of the plot. Um this is a prequel to Gargoyles Quest One, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um Firebrand is training um, in uh, how do you pronounce that? Etruria. E- 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 Tr- e- e- Etruria. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, this, this, like this light. Mo, you're gonna be. You're a lot better at describing plots than I am. All you. <laughs> <laughs> sure,
1: sure, okay, I'll I'll take it from here. Um so yeah, you're just actually a, a warrior in your hometown of Etruria, like EVC said. Um you're going on a training mission. Um and once you uh completed your training mission, you come back and you see that uh, your entire village got destroyed by um something called the Black Light. Um and you rush back to your king. Who dies on the spot, but gives you uh, an item, so you could traverse the uh, chasms. I guess in uh, in well, I don't even know what the actual world is called. Um, but yeah, you, you just go go on an adventure to stop the evil that is coming from the black light and that's caused by uh, Bragar, which is uh, which is uh, the bad guy. For these games. And yeah, this is definitely a uh, prequel to the first one. Um, it's also not the same firebrand. Um, so this was one of his ancestors. Um, but yeah, like like I said before. Uh, um, they all go by a legend of the red blaze. Um, so there must have been one even before this firebrand. But uh, yeah, the, the plot just <laughs> goes like that. Um, there's always a red aramur as they are called they're not really gargoyles they're aramurs um and yeah they always have to save the world from bragar in this game uh, the same for the for the first game it's also bragar who returns um and the third game i don't remember actually
0: i don't remember the third game at all yeah i um, know you're not
1: a red gargoyle in that one though because no. you actually change into different forms you're a blue one you're a gray one you're a a brown one i think so yeah. then the the legend doesn't really fit anymore but yeah whatever.
0: <laughs> um i think the world that you're looking for is the ghoul realm oh yeah
1: it's just I called think, the, realm. the yeah. ghoul
0: realm yeah. yeah
1: and i think the second one if i remember correctly it's either the second one takes place in the human world or it's just yes. a reference to um to um Ghosts and goblins, or ghouls and goblins, were here or trying to actually take over the human world. So, well, at the start of
0: this is sidetracked now, but the start of Gargoyles Quest One. Don't don't humans? Cause, cause Firebrand is like in like a in like a jail cell or in a tower or whatever, and the humans come and visit him and talk to
1: him. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. So
0: I want to say he's in the human world or some sort of dimension with humans in the first world. Uh But yeah, sidetrack. Uh, but yeah, um, this one, you're only in the ghoul realm throughout the entire game. You're just trying to protect your, your homeland, basically.
1: Very much so. But that's that's about all the plot you're going to get. There are a few uh, people you can talk to throughout the game. They just um, go on about the legend and what items you need to become... Uh, stronger. Uh, one thing that always has been very interesting to me um, in the first game there is a boss slash king uh, called Rushyfell. Um He's in this one as well uh, together actually with his wife who you have to visit to uh, get the final power-ups of the game before you can uh, take on Breaker. But Rushifal is actually a, a name they had to come up with uh, because his actual name is Lucifer. Um which is just like a tie into to the Bible, of course, uh to Satan. Um, but they couldn't have that in a Nintendo Game Boy game, so they have to had to rename him, at least in the American versions, to Rushifal, which is a really weird name. But um, yeah, he's basically a fire demon. Um, but he, he has a weird name.
0: That's interesting. Because in the first Ghost and Goblins, the find the the Boss before the final boss is called the devil, <laughs> okay. and the final boss is called Lucifer.
1: Ah, oh, there you go, yeah. So it's interesting, yeah. I'm not sure if they actually named them that during the NES version, maybe in the Super Nintendo version, they uh they actually named them like that, but yeah, that I think devil they can say because that's not a real like. Anything can be a devil, but Lucifer is just Lucifer. Like that's the fallen angel. That's the real Satan. Whatever he whatever you want to call him. Uh, yeah, that they're either it's either Satan or Lucifer or something in Ghost and Goblins'
0: uh, final boss. Like I know there's devils and satans. I know that. So kind of kind of interesting to to hear about that. I didn't know about that tidbit at all. So.
1: Yeah, and so oh, I I've always wondered like all the names in the game when I was uh, playing the first one. There <laughs> was like really normal, and that one always struck me as being odd. And then I looked it up, and oh yeah, it's supposed to be Lucifer, but they couldn't say that. Oh, they just made it Russia That
0: happens.
1: Yeah, happens uh, a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. Unfortunately, um, but general reception of the game itself, uh, we touched base on this earlier um it it was okay (laughs) yeah um (laughs) sure it didn't sell it was yeah it 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 does it's a it's a good game but it just it did
1: not sell well at all like moa saying um which is kind of weird because like if you ask people, uh, like random people, uh, can you name a few games from Game Boy? Gargoyles Quest one is definitely one that always pops up because it's so right. unknown. Yeah, it's it's
0: interesting because you know, when people when you ask like, hey, like, what was the what was the one thing you hated in Ghost of Goblins? like Firebrand or like the or like the devil, the the flying devil thing in Ghost of god <laughs> it's like Okay, well, you know, there's a game I'm like, yeah, Gargoyles Quest One, or 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 just Gargoyles Quest. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like, yeah, yeah, like people know Firebrand, like people know the series. It's just very interesting that Gargoyles Quest Two just didn't take off like its predecessors did.
1: Yeah, maybe people on the NES really didn't like it. Like, I didn't grow up with that game at all. I grew up with the Game Boy version for sure. I did not even know there were sequels. Uh, until later in my life, so um, I played through all of them, and I love all these games. So um, it's it's weird that yeah maybe at that time there were better games. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean ninety three that would have been what hate prime time for for Super Nintendo, um, and then Genesis, you know the sixteen bit era. Um, so yeah, I mean obviously there's gonna really be better games out like Donkey Kong Country. Mario World uh things like that um but yeah it's uh but like I I grew up with ghosts and goblins on the NES and I wouldn't play a gargoyle like I didn't know gargoyle's quest existed until probably like five or six years ago oh wow and uh then you know and I I, the first gargoyle's quest I played was the first one Back in the tiny ten, like we had a goal was like complete the first dungeon or something like that in our in our tiny ten, and I I was like oh this game's actually really good I'm just gonna sit and play it so I I played through it one one night after 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 practice and I was like oh this is a really good game and then um, come to find out that there's a gargoyles quest two and I was like oh well gotta try and play that. yeah, like I it was it's really interesting how like my progression of the of the Ghost of Goblin series happened. Like I knew about all of the mainstay, like the main console Ghost of Goblin games, like NES, Super NES, uh Genesis. Yeah. But I, did, I never knew about the handheld ones up until semi recently.
1: Yeah, isn't it it's also on Game Boy Color, I believe, right? Uh yeah, I think so, yeah. I know there's, like, a Game Boy Advance version
0: of Ghosts and Goblins, like that Nintendo classic or whatever it is that they did. Yeah, But, yeah, so when we come back, um, we'll give you guys more thoughts and history that we had with the game um, and a little bit of the speed running focus segment
1: that we have, which will be, like, the quick 30 seconds that we do of it. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because we actually do not know much about the speed run of this game in particular but... <laughs> alright guys, catch you in a bit
0: we're back welcome back everybody so short thoughts on history of the game i know i gave some of it already in the previous segment but for me gargoyle's quest 2 good game doesn't live up to gargoyle's quest 1 though in my opinion i i, I honestly think gargoyle's quest 1 is a bit better mm-hmm. than gargoyle's quest 2 um just because of the difficulty curve in the game um the random encounters aside like i felt like gargoyle's quest 1 was a more more fleshed out game like i felt like there was i felt like gargoyle's quest 1 was more thought through before gargoyle's quest 2 was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the i mean the controls were pretty much the same um gargoyle's quest 2 is a bit laggier than gargoyle's quest 1 but overall, not a bad game. Um, like I said before, like I never knew these Gargoyles Quest game existed until about six years ago, and I played Gargoyles Quest one two years ago, I think, and then this one within the last week. So they're all fairly fresh in my head. But I would say if I had to choose between Gar- Gargoyles Quest one and two, like I would definitely pick one over two. Um, and that even goes for the NES version, like the NES version of GQ two and GQ and of Game Boy as well. Like they're the same. And I remember my NES playthrough of Gargoyles Quest 2 very vividly. And uh yeah, I still feel the same. Like I'd rather play I would I'd rather play Gargoyles Quest one on Game Boy over both of them.
1: Alright. Well, um, I grew up with the first game. It was something... um, I didn't have a copy myself, but my cousin had, so I played it constantly. Uh, I immediately fell in love with that game. It was uh, really cool. Um, It was a little bit different than all the normal platforming games I usually play, like uh, like Super Mario Land or like... uh, kirby's dreamland or stuff like that did this have the the rpg elements in it Uh, which was something i wasn't familiar with yet Um, it's not until uh, i think pokemon that i actually knew what a like a jrpg was or uh, so i did not know what what an an rpg was so it was cool to see um, yeah to have like a protagonist that got stronger Um, when you made progress in the game. And it was also fun to just uh, walk around um, like the overworld and look for secrets and stuff like that. So that's something that I really love about games nowadays. I always go for a game where I have to like search around for stuff um, and find secrets here and there. That's something I really like to do. And I guess maybe this inspired uh, me to go that way with, uh, with what I actually do love about games the most um gargoyles quest 2 i did not know about it especially not the Game Boy version like i said earlier um also not the nes version because i never had one when i grew up so um i think when i was 16 or something i got more into uh looking at the libraries of other uh, gaming systems and i probably picked it up then but didn't really dive into it much uh, until the recent years where i've played through most of those games uh, a couple of times so far Um, which one is my favorite it's really hard to say actually I'm not really sure I do not prefer one over two or two over one I think they both have um, like their own merits to to be fun like the second one is a little bit easier um i think the bosses are better i think the dungeons are a little bit more well done than in the first one then again the first one has um yeah i know i grew up with it so it has that nostalgia factor uh for sure um but yeah i don't know for me both those games are equal um sadly i do not uh remember the third one i do have a copy here And then I know if I should play it again. I know I liked it. Um, I know it was also a strange one. Because you can finish that game in 10 minutes. If you just go to the final boss immediately from the start. And then you get the bad ending. But then you literally just have played 5% of the game or something. So um, yeah. I think all three of them are definitely great games to check out. And I'm kind of hoping they will bring back this series at one point. Because I would love to see a new one. Yeah, I would love a
0: collection, like even if it's just like a re-release of the entire series. Just, mm-hmm. I would, I would like to see even that emerge. Honestly, I, I, I'm not asking for a new Gargoyles quest or a new Ghost, excuse me, a new Ghost and Goblins, but just give me like a re-release, like you're doing with Mega Man, Capcom. Just give me something.
1: Yeah, you're. Very good at re-releasing the same games over and over and over again. So, um, just do this one as well. You will definitely make a lot of people happy. Um, legacy collection 433 Mega Man 1 through 10. All right. (laughs) Again, yeah. With some extra
0: challenges.
1: I love Mega Man, by the way, audience, but man, Capcom. (laughs) Yeah, I love Mega Man as well, for sure. But yeah. And freaking release, uh physical copies in europe because you're yeah i didn't even know email. you guys didn't get physical copies yeah
0: like oh like i just go to gamestop and like they have a, a wall of them but i'm like oh all right
1: mm. yeah i didn't know you guys were getting physical copies yeah no, like we can order them from amazon.com of course but <laughs> it's just it's just really a really stupid idea just to release physicals in one part of the world and not the other yeah that is
0: bizarre if it wasn't so expensive to send stuff to you i'd send you a copy yeah
1: <laughs> yeah bad bad marketing decision there capcom i don't know what's up with you
0: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: capcom i'm gonna
1: need you to i'm
0: gonna need you to start making street fighter games and uh, focus on other things
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Ooh, but bro. the 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 speed running section that we have like we don't have much in this section um
1: yeah Roguelink
0: is Roguelink's the, the man, the legend of Gargoyle's quest for Game Boy. Um having I believe he has a world record in one and two for Game Boy. Um I couldn't tell you what the times are because I actually can't find Gargoyle's Quest Game Boy on speedrun dot com. <laughs> um I'll, so
1: I'll, give a, I'll give it a try. I
0: could I can find the NES version, which I think White Hat might have the record for, but uh I can't find the Game Boy version at all. Um. Yeah, I mean, with with no random encounters in Gargoyles Quest Two, like it makes a speed run a lot. I guess I don't want to say easier, but it makes it more fun because you don't have to worry about oh, I'm gonna take four steps here, get a random encounter, and like oh, I've already hit six random encounters before the first town. I'm gonna reset because I had I got bad luck. Like I've played games with 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 luck involved, and they're not fun like i <laughs> i play kirby and i know all about it <laughs> um, like and the, like there's no step counter that we know of and for for gargoyle's quest One, well, like there's none of that 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 i'm aware of in a way so it's just all roll the dice whether or not you're gonna get into a fight or not so with gargoyle's quest 2 like you have that equation taken out of the speed run altogether. um like Mo was saying, the the dungeons are a bit more linear, like they're easier to maneuver through. So you have the you have the movement variable to you now where like it's easier to move through things, so now movement movement optimization is gonna be a heavier heavier role to play in this game. So <laughs>
1: Um, I did find the times for uh for the Game Boy version at least. Um, there's two categories. There's the any percent category, and there's the all collectibles category. Um, what can I say about uh, the difference between those two? Um, the all collectibles, um, like the two extra weapons are totally unnecessary to get, and there's also a health potion that you can make by uh, doing two optional bosses, I believe, or one optional boss and one optional dungeon. Um, those are also in the NES version. Um, but yeah, those are, like I said, completely optional. So, one, uh, the All Collectibles run goes uh, towards getting all of those. The Any Percent one just goes with what you get normally when you progress through the game. Um, and the record for Any Percent is indeed by uh It's 29 minutes and 28 seconds. And the all collectibles one is also by Rogue Link. It's thirty five <laughs> minutes twenty seven seconds. But there is another runner for that one, uh, Mate Hurt. Mate 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 wa- Mate Walkert. Um Yeah, I don't know what. Okay, uh, but that's a <laughs> thirty six minutes twenty two seconds. So pretty close oh, together. Are... It's like a one minute apart from minute, each other. Uh, that's a lengthy run um, for a Game Boy game. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, it's no Pokemon or Zelda, but I mean, that's a lengthy run for a Game
1: Boy game. Yeah.
0: I'll pass. I <laughs> yeah. like my 10-minute games.
1: Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm <laughs> I tried both of them, uh, out once, but I gave up pretty quickly. They're just too long for me. Yeah.
0: I I tried learning Gargoyles Quest 1, and the random encounters ruined it for me. I'm like, I'm never again will I play... Will I try to learn the speedrun of Gargoyles Quest mm-hmm. 1 unless we can figure out step manipulation
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i would say if you're interested in speed running these games try the second one one because not a lot of people run it um it's it's just a more it's just a better game for speed running because of uh no rng and you can always just watch the nes version um, which gets yeah. uh, a lot more love for sure um, but it's it's really the same game so It's
0: very much the same game, just NES has color. The Game Boy version is whatever color you want to play it on. It's the Super Game Boy 2. Don't use Super Game Boy 1.
1: (laughs) No, do not. Please do not. Also, do not move. move? Okay. (laughs) Do not use any um, not approved emulators, of course, because uh, we have been getting a lot of questions uh, in the Game Boy Speedrun community about some very questionable (laughs) emulators. Well,. Uh, There's this, like, new
0: emulator thing that's, like, Steam, but for emulators. And Yeah, at its core, like, the Game Boy 1 at its core runs on on Gambit. Yeah. Which is an approved emulator, but since it's, like, tied in with all these other things, like, does it run the game accurately? Like, does it... How does it actually run the actual Game Boy game with all of this other stuff, you know, assorted with it? Like, just because it runs, just because it has the same core core base to it doesn't mean that it's going to be accurate type deal. Um but like BGB Gambit and BizHawk, like we know those three off the get-go are, are fine. Like mm-hmm. there's been a lot of there's been a lot of tests, there's been a lot of research into those, and we know like hey, like these ones run accurately fine. But like there's a lot of new like emulator things coming up or just like, hey, I have a Retro Can I use my RetroPi? Well it runs off the Gambit core, but it's actually Faster or slow? I can't remember what the what the what the, what the yeah, diagnosis was on that, awesome, but yeah. but I was just like, so it's it's just like there's a lot of things like that coming, like hey, I have a retron hey, I have a retro Pi, hey, I have this, I have this, like there's a lot of like new things, hey, I have an emulator on my phone, okay, now we're getting into phone emulation. It's there's just a lot of weird emulator things coming at us right now that we're. That either needs to be deeper researched or if we have the research we just need to like put that knowledge out, say like, hey, like we've done the research on this, this is faster, this is slower, this is fine, et cetera. So there's a lot of weirdness right now with the retro community, just in general when it comes to emulation.
1: So Yeah, if if you need more information you can always visit the website we have for it, which is uh, gbrunners.com. dot com uh all of the information we know is on there we need to really redo that website because it's a train wreck but uh that's not something for in the future and <laughs> you can always uh of course uh, ask us for an invite for the uh, actual gameboy speed running discord we have a yep. uh, technical stuff channel where a lot of those things get discussed and then you get the answers from the people who actually know how to test everything properly so um You always get that answer pretty quickly there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, with that, uh, we're going to take another short
0: break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some community events, uh, viewer questions, and uh, to close off. See you guys in a bit. Let's dive right into community events um right. first one that comes to mind for me is big bad Gamathon, which is september 14th i believe
1: yeah that's um, that's still on time then
0: <laughs> that's a month away yeah, yeah that's, you- the, that's the that's something that pops in my head right away for uh most recent events um oh there's a uh there's another one happening it might be happening now which you guys will miss when this podcast comes out but uh it's it's like run run to rumble rumble to run RT, r t I think it is hmm. no what I don't know that one. I didn't know about it either but I saw a lot of friends
1: like join it mm-hmm. um, yeah I don't I have no idea like the um, I don't have any community events myself but as I said at the start of the podcast we are working on tiny ten eight. And as per usual, um, that will probably happen in November, uh, the second or the third week of November. As soon as the list is ready, which is probably going to be in September, we will do a um, reveal stream on the Monochrome City um, Twitch channel, of course, um, which usually is a video containing all the speedruns, as far as there are, because we we have some games that... Like literally, our new games that are never been speedrun before, so it's gonna be interested. Uh, but yeah, once we have that set up, uh, we will release it completely, and then you guys have like two months to uh, train for it. So that's always good. Okay, here we go.
0: I found some events that we got going on here. So we got the the UK speedrunning marathon, the UKSM. Apparently,
1: all right. That's uh,
0: that's August seventeenth. I don't know much about that marathon at all. Um, so, there might be some Game Boy games in there.
1: There might not be. (laughs) I have no Um, idea either.
0: There's a Metroid marathon happening on the 17th of August as well. So, maybe there's a Metroid 2 run in there you guys
1: can check out. That would Um, be cool. That'd be awesome. That's a really cool game. And a really cool run.
0: Yeah. And then there's the, uh... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce this word, but the, the ben- uh <laughs> the the Benelux, Benelux,
1: Benelux, Speedrunner Benelux. Gathering? Benelux, okay. it's Belgium Benelux. uh Dutchland. <laughs> I call it Dutchland. Uh but yeah, oh, Belgium, okay. the Netherlands, and Luxembourg. So Benelux. Okay, so Benelux.
0: Benelux, yeah. Speedrunner <laughs> Gathering, BSG, uh is happening on let's see here, August eighteenth. Uh, looks like they have a pretty pretty nice little uh schedule they got going on here. They got uh, Link's Awakening DX. Um, let's see, what else? Pokemon Gold and Silver, red and blue, of course, they are gonna have Pokemon games in there. Um Doctor Mario, I don't know if that's NES or Game Boy, I just mean NES. Um but looks like they have a few games. So they have Hello Kitty Roller 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 rescue. That's a super good game. They have Nobo. Nobo is on oh, there. Oh,
1: that that's that's awesome. Yeah, Never so Nobo
0: is on the twenty second. So that's cool. Nobo, oh, they have Nobo
1: Wand,
0: Wand of Gamelon, Kirby's Kirby Streamland, Kirby's Amazing Mirror. Like, there's a lot of Game Boy games happening in this marathon. So definitely check out that one for sure. Yeah, I know Wand of on is not Game Boy, <laughs> but it's still worth checking out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's what we got for events. Um, if you're in our Discord. Uh, oh, yeah, we have a Discord. You'll hear all about that in a second. But if you're in our Discord, I'm trying to get uh, an event bot programmed and running for us so we actually have an event. So the event channel is not just me finding things and typing it in. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. I can't help you with that at all. Trying. <laughs> uh, my have to recruit legs. <laughs> yeah, my knowledge with coding is, is very, very bad. So I can never figure stuff out like that. <laughs> So viewer questions. Well, I don't think we have viewer questions. Like the only question that we had for this episode was my own question: Where in the world is the eight heart container? So <laughs> we already. And touched no one them. knows.
0: No one knows. No one knows. I guess P- pianist man, P- pianist, pianist, pianist man, uh, asked if he was missing out on the lore. Yeah. Uh, he never never played the original Gargoyles quest. So to answer that question, no, you are actually enhancing your lore for when you
1: go to play Gargoyle's Quest 1. <laughs> I guess, since this, even these are they're cool. so loosely tied to each other, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. You're not missing yeah. out on any very <laughs> intricate details you would need. you got to respect the
0: lore. Yes. Guys, man. All right. You always play the games in chronological order, starting
1: with Zelda. <laughs> Do the Zelda games in chronological order and it will all make sense. It sure does, yeah. Just like, just like Metal Gear. Just play that oh, chronologically, makes all the sense in the world. Uh, and oh, after uh, that, just do Kingdom Hearts. No one can follow that story. Let's just be fair. I, I I have to look it up constantly when I'm playing those games because I'm like, wait, what happened again? Okay. <laughs> Why is Donald dead for the 13th time? Yeah, 13? I think we're at almost at 200 now. <laughs> yeah, for, for people who don't know, whenever I play uh, Kingdom Hearts on stream, I have a counter uh, for whatever Donald dies. So. <laughs> he, he literally it's died... It's a lot of fun. Yeah, he died like 35 times in a single boss fight once, and I, I couldn't <laughs> even keep up with it anymore. Amazing. Kingdom
0: Hearts 3
1: though comes out oh, in yeah. <laughs> like six months or whatever, man. Just imagine all that Donald's dying at high death now. Oh, that's gonna be so great. I'm very <laughs> excited for that. Okay, I guess yeah, that's that's pretty much it for uh for this episode. Like uh, we don't have much more to say, at least I don't. Maybe you have something random to uh, to say, EBC. Mm, not
0: really. Oh, I guess I do want to touch base. So, like, if you are a collector of this game and wanting a copy of Gargoyles Quest Two, let me just look it up quick. I had it open, I closed it because I'm stupid. <laughs> um, the NES copy of this game, <laughs> you're looking at about eighty, eighty to a hundred bucks for the NES version yeah. of this game, um, and the Game Boy version. Oops, you guys found Game Boy on eBay. Um, <laughs> is about thirty, um, mm-hmm. twenty to thirty bucks. I got Mike. I got really lucky with my copy. I I got mine for like fifteen dollars. Um, I got super super lucky with mine. Um, but I know with I know on eBay they do a, they do a lot of like buy one and two together deals because that's how eBay is. Like one and two together is about forty bucks. Looking at eBay right now, but the Game Boy version is definitely the more cheaper version. If you were wanting to play this game, um, like we've said a million times, there the Game Boy version, the NES version are very much the same. Um, maybe a couple differences aside here and there, but they're they're very very much they're very very similar to to one another. So if you wanted an actual cart, you if you wanted to play the game on an actual cart. Uh, dive in for the game boy one um, if you want to just splurge the extra 40 50 bucks and you're gonna be looking for that for the nes version so
1: yeah just keep in mind that of course it's in it's in japanese so if you, right. if you get stuck it will be a lot harder to actually figure out where to go even though it's not that hard to figure it out
0: right yeah it's in japanese so just be be ready for that
1: yeah, that's, that's pretty much uh, everything we have to say about this game and anything else we touched upon during this episode. Um, like always, um, if you have any thoughts and suggestions, you can always um, contact us through our email, which is... I don't remember. Um, which is TIGB podcast at gmail.com. So that's uh, that's one way to go. Um you can always um of course get in contact with us through our discord. We will of course place a link to that. Um I think I already did actually on our SoundCloud. I uh, I attached a link to our Discord on it. And oh, nice. we also kinda have a website at this point. <laughs> um we have some issues with it so there's two ways you can visit it either you go to t e t e t i g b t i dot uh, gbrunners dot com or you go to gbrunners.com dot com slash t i g b um and yep. something can happen either you go to a page <laughs> where you just say see soon that is not the good one, um, but it's different for a lot of people, and we can't figure out what the hell is actually going on. That's the bad type one. Yeah, on. um, <laughs> But yeah, if you go to the other one, you can actually... Um, see the, the the actual website um the newest episode is always on there um there are some bios about me about ebc and about our producer lex of course um and links to all of our social media stuff so um that's probably the easiest way to really get in uh, contact with any of us yeah yeah
0: try to make it easy for you guys for those that want to ask questions be involved chat Hang out with us. Do whatever it is that you guys do on the internet. We try to make it easy for you. So yeah. With that, you can find me. I'm eBloodyCandy. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. At E-Blooded Candy. Where can they find you, Mo? Uh,
1: they can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's at Nostalgamia. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, which is uh, slash moolah. You can find me on the YouTubes, which is also slash moolah. And that's pretty much it, because I don't use anything else.
0: Moolah, for those of you that are new listings, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H.
1: Yes. Um,
0: yeah. yeah you spell it differently at Discord, so I have to guess the last two all the time.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, the last two are just there because <laughs> I can't get the actual one that I want.
0: Uh, so, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's, that's an issue.
0: So, yeah, next time on This is Game Boy, we play something extremely adorable.
1: Oh, yeah. Very fluffy. And it's 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 not Kirby. It's it's not Kirby.
0: Yeah, when I was looking up labels and stuff for this game, the box art, Rogue Link's face was just all over Google for this. (laughs)